It's unnecessary roughness. Back to pass. Walking left. Lofting left. To the end zone. Adams grabs it falling down. Touchdown Devontae Adams. He was on his backside and the ball landed in his lap. One play. One touchdown. This is unnecessary roughness. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Here's your boy Q. I don't know what's better there. I don't know if the highlight, the Devontae Adams touchdown catch right there was better or the beat that is playing over it. My man Ari in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio making it happen on the wheels of steel. He just came with the game. I haven't heard the game. I haven't heard that little soundtrack in a while, man. Okay, Ari. Felt I right. see you. Wait a minute, man. You dig, you digging deep into the tracks or into the crates, man? What are you doing it's, to it's me? It's the West Coast. It felt right. We, we needed to, to get live on a Tuesday, so here we are. Yeah, man, Let's you go. did that. I, I am not mad at that. Again, a Devontae Adams touchdown against the Chargers. But uh, like I said, more importantly, man, you came with the heat on that uh, on that nice little soundtrack. So welcome back. Welcome in. This is Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. As you know, my man uh, Ari is in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. I'm in the home studio. I guess we can call it Studio Q. <laughs> I'm at the home studio after day six of Raiders training camp and the first padded practice. And I'll tell you right now, I was asked, my man Vegas Jess sent me a text earlier today, and he said, hey, give me a summary of what you're seeing out there at practice. And I just had one word for him, physical. It was a very physical practice. If I had to summarize it in one word, that's how I would describe day one of Raiders uh, training camp with pads on uh, as they've been in the, they're in day six today uh, just wrapped up day six but the first one with pads on and it was very very physical it was one of those uh scenarios you hear the time you hear the coaches all the time say uh stay up stay up stay up don't go to the ground don't go to the ground these guys were on the ground a lot and i never heard coaches yell out stay up stay up stay up i saw guys go to the ground right in front of head coach josh mcdaniels and no problem right i just kind of heard that uh yeah it was it was, uh, it was a very, like I said, physical practice. I think it was really good to see just because I think the Raiders needed to get some of that physicality, uh, you know, into the mix and, and all of a sudden get, you know, involved in, in uh, you know, in, in their plans as they're putting this team together for 2023. So, of course, we'll talk a lot about uh, Raiders training camp day six throughout the course of the show today. Very excited about the guests that we have coming up on the show today. Uh, Joyce, Jason Horowitz, the Raiders play-by-play voice, the voice of the silver and black. He's doing double duty today. Uh, he hopped on with JT the Brick a little earlier today, and that is not something that we planned, but sometimes it just happens like that. So I've been talking to Jason for the last few days about coming on the show. So uh, he'll be coming on in a matter of minutes just to talk about going into year two as the voice of the Raiders and also what he's been seeing the last couple of days out at practice, things that we've been talking about out at practice as I've been standing there next to him, spending a lot of time with him, just kind of seeing what I see and seeing what he sees and, you know, just talking about Raiders football in general. So uh, it's always great to catch up with Jason Horowitz, and uh, he'll join us in a matter of minutes as we kick off the opening drive. Then at 2.30, our good friend Mike Sando from The Athletic, he'll join the show every single year. He joins the show a few times a year, but he always joins us around this time when he puts out the quarterback tiers. Uh, he always puts it out on The Athletic NFL Quarterback Tiers 2023. Mahomes, Burrow, take over Tier 1 
Hertz vaults the top of Tier 2. So where does Jimmy G rank? Where do other quarterbacks rank that are in the AFC West? Uh, other quarterbacks that could have a potential to, to raise up a little bit. Uh, a lot of really good quarterback conversation we'll have with Mike Sando from The Athletic at 2.30 talking about the tiers of quarterbacks as we do each and every year. I mean, there's no doubt about it. Every time he puts this out, it's a really good piece, and he does a lot of great research and talks to a lot of people. It's not like he's just going through looking at uh, the quarterbacks and saying, okay, I'm going to rank this guy here, I'm going to rank this guy there, I'm going to put this guy here or there. He he talks to a lot of people, and that's how he comes up with the information that he's working with. So I uh, look forward to that conversation with Mike Sando from The Athletic coming up at 2.30. Then, as always, on Tuesdays at 3 o'clock, we have the general, John McClain, Sports Radio 610. He'll join us to talk all things NFL, and we'll deep dive into NFL training camps. We'll talk about what's going on with the Houston Texans. We'll talk about that scenario that's going on in Indianapolis with Jim Irsay and, of course, Jonathan Taylor. Uh, talk about some of the injuries that have been going on around the NFL, but I have to start, Ari. I have to start with those Houston Astros. As uh, John is in Houston, and the Houston Astros uh, acquired Justin Verlander a little while ago, ahead of the Major League Baseball trade deadline, and so I got to start there because I know John is a big one Astros fan. He's been covering the Astros like a glove. Uh, you know, there's a good opportunity that this team is, is going to make enough moves and, uh, you know, be able to go on a run and potentially win a World Series again. So uh, we'll just ask John McClain what he thinks about Justin Verlander, who was a member of the Astros, went to the Mets in free agency for big money, and now has been traded back to the Houston Astros. So that'll be a fun conversation, but that'll be just a couple questions about that. And then we'll deep dive into all things NFL with John McClain, Sports Radio 610. That comes up at 3 o'clock. Plus, there's plenty of players and coaches that we talked to today at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center as soon as practice was over. Special teams coach Tom McMahon, uh, he joined us for a little while, has some good things to say, especially about the, the new kickoff rule and, and how you can fair catch the ball and get the ball at the 20 even or 25, even if you're outside of the end zone, which is insane, but that's what they're doing. We also talked to DeAndre Carter, Bilal Nichols, and Amir Abdullah. So you'll hear sound from each and every one of those guys uh, throughout the course of the show as well. And, of course, Raider Nation, we want to hear from you at 702-365-9200 and the don'tbebroke.com text line 69187, keyword R&R. That is, again, like I said, the don'tbebroke.com text line. Anytime we have a guest, if you want to give us some feedback, you can, or you want to ask a question yourself, you can always hit us up, and we try to pay attention to the, the text line as much as possible when we have a good guest on, just so we can get your questions on if, in fact, you do have a question. So there you go. Jason Horowitz, the Raiders play-by-play -play voice, uh, joining us in a few minutes to kick off the opening drive. Mike Sando from The Athletic talking all things quarterback tiers at 2.30, and then John McClain, Sports Radio 610, coming up at 3 o'clock. So I always have a question that I like to throw out there to you. Before we get to Jason Horowitz, I do want to throw out the question now, and you can start thinking about it. You can start responding on the don'tbebroke.com text line, and you can also get ready to get your phone calls called, uh, get your phone calls ready so you can call in and be a part of the show as well. So since the pads came on today, this is when you start to learn about the team. Once they get pads on, uh, I know you'll learn a lot about the Raiders once the joint practices happen. I cannot wait to the joint practice with the 49ers. Just think with that kind of defense, I want to think, I think that that's going to be a really good test for this Raiders offense and what they could potentially do. Obviously where Jimmy G is at and some of these different, uh, you know, battles in these uh, different rooms, like the wide receiver room, the running back room, you know, the tight ends. Uh, there's been some transactions made as far as the Raiders roster, and there's going to be a lot of tweaks to the roster between now and the end of the month when they have to get the, the, the roster down to 53 men. And that's going to be a massive cut. You know, there's been times where they've cut them in, in tiers 
where they've cut a few, and then they cut a few more, and then they got down to the 53-man roster. It goes from 91 where they're at right now because they have the international player all the way down to 53 on April, on April, August 29th, I should say. So 28 days from now, there's going to be massive cuts, not only with the Raiders, but across the NFL. So the question that I throw out there to you, and I do want you to think about it uh, and, and start to get your responses in on the don'tbebroke.com text line. Of course, we'll get to those in a matter of minutes. But what or who are the camp battles that you're most intrigued by? Like, who are you looking at and think, okay, this guy has really got a fight and has got a, a big fight on his hands, as a matter of fact, to keep their job. And I'll tell you one that I've been talking about with everybody on the sidelines that I can, including Jason Horowitz, who will join the show in a matter of minutes. Uh, one of the big battles I'm looking at is uh, rookie Trey Tucker and free agent uh, wide receiver DeAndre Carter. That is battle number one as far as I'm concerned. I look at those two guys and think that they're very similar. Trey Tucker has been making a lot of noise already in training camp, even though today's the first day that they put the pads on. He looked like he's been holding his own. Uh, he's really good at, at kick returning. He's been kick returning when he was back in, in, uh, in college at Cincinnati. But as, as Coach McMahon said today when he met with us, he's really working on the punt return as well. DeAndre Carter, really good kick returner, really good punt returner, really good wide receiver, right? I mean, they, they are very similar. They're both very fast. Obviously, Trey Tucker was a guy that the Raiders uh, drafted this past year. So I, I, I know he's going to make the team, but how early is he going to get on the field and get some playing action? So uh, Trey Tucker versus DeAndre Carter is one battle that I'm really focused in on. Another battle that I'm really intrigued by is at the safety position. And that's – and. You know, Raider Matt calls in and talks about Trayvon Merrick and says, Q, that's your guy. Cassie Soto today saw me on the sideline and said, hey, Q, uh, how, much, how much work does Trayvon have to do to stay keep his job? And I said, a lot. And she said, isn't that your guy? And I said, he's my guy. But just because he's my guy don't mean that he you know, gets a roster spot. He's going to have to earn it. So I think Trayvon Merrick versus Chris Smith, that battle at that safety position is, uh, is going to be a big one as well. I've said it many times that number 25 is out there. But so far, number 25 has just been out there. I haven't seen any plays yet from Trayvon Merrick. And, look, you're only six days into training camp, so that doesn't mean that he's not going to get things turned around quick, fast, in a hurry. But so far, I haven't seen a whole lot from him where I've seen some, some action from Chris Smith. I've seen some, you know, directing traffic from Chris Smith. So I'm interested to see how that battle shakes out. But those are two that are at the top of my mind as far as battles that I'm really intrigued by this training camp. Trey Tucker versus DeAndre Carter. You know, and, and there's no telling that, you know, both those guys might end up making roster spots, but my gut feeling tells me it's, it's, it's either or. And I know Trey is going to make the team, but is he going to do enough in training camp to prove that they don't need a DeAndre Carter? They have 11 wide receivers in camp right now. They're not going to have 11 wide receivers when it's all said and done. So he's going to make the team, but at what capacity, and is he going to be expected to play early on? That's one, and then Trey Von Merrick and Chris Smith is the other one that I'm looking for. So go ahead and get your responses in, 69187, keyword R&R. So don'tbebroke.com, text line, again, 69187, keyword R&R. Now let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM is brought to you by Paul Padalaw. It's not about the injury, it's about the recovery. And helping us kick off the opening drive here on Raider Nation Radio 920 Unnecessary Roughness is the voice of the silver and black, and that's Jason Horowitz. And Jason, thanks so much for your time today. And I think you're doing like old school football where you have two-a-days. You got two-a-days today. You're on JT's show, you're on my show. Jason Horowitz is in full uh, training camp mode right now. You know, I would have gone on the morning show, too, but they didn't ask. They were sitting <laughs> next to them. They didn't ask. <laughs> right. See? And they, and they were there at the facility. You could have just walked upstairs and hopped on the radio with them. <laughs> <laughs> I, did, I did offer to go in studio with you guys. But JT was from the house. I don't know where you're doing. 
I don't know. <laughs> right. Well, we'll get you in studio. Please believe that. We'll get you in studio sooner rather than later. But, I mean, for you, man, I mean, this is going into season two as the voice of the silver and black, man. I mean, how pumped up are you to, to get ready for that adventure and also just being back at training camp sideline and checking out some Raider football? It's been great. And, first of all, it's great to see everybody. I mean, aside from the people within the organization, all the people who cover the organization, I mean, I really enjoy – you know, the likes of, of you guys and, and, and certainly all the writers and reporters who cover it. It's a, it's a really good group. Um, but yeah, you know, like today they're, they're wearing pads. It actually looks like football, right? It's not, it's, not like, uh, it's not like something that looks like, you know, combine and all the other stuff that, yeah, they're running plays and they're, we're talking about all this stuff, but we don't actually see anything until they actually put pads on and the stories start to develop. You know, like last year, if you remember, and, and I was kind of reminded of this today just because I – you know, he wasn't around that much at training camp, and I forgot just how tall he is. But, like, standing kind of next to Brandon Parker today, like, I forgot that all of last year, the only thing anybody wanted to talk about was the offensive line. Mm-hmm. And then Brandon Parker tears his bicep, and he's out for the year, but he was probably a big part of what they expected the offensive line to be. Um, and so, like, now this is really the type of stuff where you don't want anybody to get injured, but people are ultimately going to get injured. And this is where, like, the stories of the preseason and the season are going to start to develop. And, and um, you know, so it starts to actually feel like we're right around the corner. Yeah, it does, and it's exciting. You know, obviously football gets underway this week with the uh, Hall of Fame game where the Raiders were a part of that last year, and it was a rain delay, right? What was the chances of that? Didn't even know if it was going to get going, but it's right around the corner, obviously, for uh, not the Raiders this year. But uh, it's going to be about 28 days from now, Jason, and they're going to have to make their roster cuts all the way down to 53 men, which is a lot of of players, not only with the Raiders but across the league. Where are you looking at as far as your, your most intriguing camp battle so far? Well, a couple of things. I mean, you know, from, from just from the numbers perspective, wide receivers and corners. Mm-hmm. You know, I think a lot of people were surprised just how many wide receivers the Raiders signed. And then, not only did they sign a lot of guys, then they drafted Trey Tucker in the third round. And by the way, at least from the first, you know, my, my eyes, the two practices and what everyone talked about from, you know, OTAs and, and, and last week, he's looked great. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he's a guy that I think, you know, Dave Ziegler talked a lot about him after the draft and certainly throughout the process beyond that. He drafted him on day two, so that's a big draft spot um, in, a, in a spot that I don't think people thought was quote-unquote a position of need. But that doesn't mean you can't get better in a position, and he certainly fits that role. So, my, you know, with regards to that, of all those receivers they brought in, DeAndre Carter, Philip Dorsett, Cam Sims, who's going to be on the roster? Right. Um, you know, you know Devontae, you know Jacoby, um, obviously Trey Tucker. There's speculation about how to run for and all that stuff because of all the slot guys they brought in, but these look pretty good too. So who fits those other spots with all of those veterans? And then on top of it, the corners are the same thing. You know, you've got whether it's David Long, Duke Shelley, you know, Brandon Faison who left practice today. You brought all those mm-hmm. veterans in. Plus, you drafted Ja'Cory and Bennett. Um, Omic Robertson made a couple of big plays last year, and Raiders defense hasn't had a ton of those, and he's the one that did it. Um, and he looked good today. So there's a lot of battles there because there just aren't that many numbers compared to the veterans that are on this team. And, and some of them aren't going to be here, and you're curious which ones are going to make the biggest noise. 
Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I mean, I, I think that, and you said it off the top, man, Trey Tucker and DeAndre Carter, for me, and I think I said this to you yesterday, that to me is a big battle to watch. I feel like they're very similar, even though DeAndre was brought in as a free agent. Trey Tucker, I feel like, could play the same role. He's just got to prove it in camp. Yeah, well, I, I, you know, there's a guy last year, I remember we talked a lot about DJ Turner last year, and yep. I thought he did some really nice things in training camp and during the preseason games, and ultimately – I think he was only active for like one or two games. That, my numbers of that might be a little bit off, but like practice squad, a couple of games here and there, but nothing that ever really manifested itself during the season. But Keelan Cole was on the roster. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he wasn't a major part for the whole year, but there are certain games that stand out, and certainly the, the winning touchdown or the time touchdown against the Patriots. Um, and some other massive catches he had throughout the course of the year. So you never know, right? And, and, and the Hunter Renfro aspect of the receiving group is really interesting because, you know, between injuries and other things last year, you go from a 100-catch season, massive extension, to really, a, and I think he'll be the first to admit it, a disappointing year. Right. Uh, and so you throw all that together, but also we've seen his capability. He is a really good receiver. Um, where does he fit in? Because the reality, Q, I think if his – I don't think anyone would be talking about him being off, not on the roster if if his salary was that equal to that of a DeAndre Carter or a Trey Tucker. Right. It's only because his number is so large that people wonder if he's going to be on the roster. It's not because of the talent, per se. No, no, it's not at all. Again, Jason Horowitz is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920, Necessary Roughness. I'm glad you talked about Hunter Renfro. He talked to us on Friday last week, and it was very revealing that there was a point in the season where, one, he wasn't having fun, and two, it sounds like he lost his confidence, right, just because everything you mentioned, injuries, and it just wasn't going his way. So far, it's early in camp, Jason. He's looked really good. He's looked really sharp. I think that this dude could thrive in this offense. How good do you think Hunter can be, knowing what he's been at one point and knowing this offense and what Josh McDaniels may be looking for? Well, you just said it. I mean, we've seen it before. You know, and I think that's, that's the other part. Now, Derek Carr threw for 4,800-plus yards in 2021. Um, and I think, you know, it's a franchise record, but then you turn around last year and they had one of the best rushing seasons in franchise history. So we've seen it from Hunter in a spot where he has excelled as a Raider. Um, I, I get the fact that it's a different season, but wide receivers can excel if wide receivers have been good before. It wasn't just the system that allowed him to catch 100 balls. and It's not just the fact that um, he was in a system at Clemson that allowed him to be a you know, important piece of national championships. So he's proven time and time again, uh, even when people don't think he can, that he can be a very, very productive player at every level of football. So I, I, I think he is certainly fitting into that. But again, their, their wide receiver room, too, is so deep um, with guys who have had various amounts of success in this league. You know, and the one other part to all this is, remember, once you get beyond the third guy, they got to be special teamers. And, you know, Matt Collins was a guy that came here last year. He wasn't really talked about anywhere nationally or whatever, but he's a guy that everyone assessed from his um, special teams perspective. He did that over and over and over again. And, oh, by the way, he had a career year in terms of receiving. Um, Cam Sims did the special teams part of that for Washington. Yeah. He, you know, numbers-wise from a receiving perspective, is similar to Matt Collins, what he did his year before coming to the Raiders. And he's looked like that at times, too, in the first couple of days. So he's another guy that, you know, is kind of not really being talked about, but he could be important. 
You know, Mad Max Crosby looks like he's in midseason form already today, and he gave a tight end Michael. Like he's in form, he? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he does. He was mic'd up today too, so uh, that's something to look out for for all Raider Nation. Uh, Max Crosby mic'd up. That should be interesting. But he introduced Michael Mayer to the to the NFL a few times today. He gave him the business, which is not a bad thing because it's Max Crosby. But you watch a lot of college ball. I watch a lot of college ball. What do you think, Michael Mayer? How big of a role can he play as a tight end in this offense, knowing what Josh McDaniels? wants it, knowing what he was able to do at Notre Dame. Gonna, he's going to have to, right? Like, they, they traded up to get him high in the second round. Uh, I think most people around the country thought he was a first-round tight end. Um, he's a guy that, he didn't just break Notre Dame's record for most career receptions by a tight end. He shattered Notre Dame's record for most career receptions by a tight end. And they've had a whole bunch of productive tight ends who have gone on into the NFL. Right. Um, and, and, you know, all of them in recent memory. And Michael Mayer, you know, dominated those numbers in 2020 and then again last year as an All-American, as a consensus All-American in 2022. So he, he clearly is a guy that is good with the football. He's wider, he's bigger, he can break some tackles. Um, but to your point about with Max Crosby, he's, he better be better at blocking. And right. he's going to have to um, because that's something they're going to need. And uh, and he certainly was getting it. And remember, they also waived O.J. Howard today. Yeah. So, um, you know, last year they kept three tight ends. So I'm assuming you'll keep three tight ends against this year. But it was Darren Waller, Foster Morrow, and Jesper Horstead. Mm-hmm. And the only guy that's around is Jesper Horstead. Right. So, you know, whether it's Austin Hooper getting back to his Pro Bowl years or making an impact of 50-60 catches or Michael Mayer being a go-to guy, the tight end position in this offense is clearly important. Foster Mortal thrived when Derek Waller was out last year. Yeah, no, he did. He did, and so the tight ends are going to definitely have to step up in a major way. I mentioned Max Crosby. We know what he brings to the table as a defensive lineman, but, you know, we talked to Bilal Nichols today. Of course, Chandler Jones returns. Tyree Wilson was drafted. He's not out there right now. Neither is uh, Byron Young, but it feels to me, Jason, like that defensive line has all of a sudden become a really big strength with all the depth that they have in that room. I don't know yet. I, look, I mean, right. I, I got you. So, so I think I think the answer to that is yes. My gut instinct is yes. Um, but until we all see Tyree Wilson play in the way that everybody hopes he can, you don't know that yet. Right. Until you see Byron Young in the NFL, because Byron Young was a disruptive, more of an interior guy at Alabama, um, and and you know he was in the backfield all the time um, on that defensive line against SEC offensive lines. But until you see it in the NFL, you don't fully know. Um, and I don't know it's not going to be fair to judge that off of their rookie years anyway. Um, but you put that together with Max Crosby, you hope Chandler Jones uh, is back to some sort of form that put him in the top 25 all-time in sacks in NFL history. Um, and then you start to string all that together with Bilal Nichols, who I don't think got enough credit for how he played against the run last year. Uh, you put all that together, and yeah, it's got the makings of a really good offensive line. But, but you know what, Hugh, I think that fits the, the theme of what this, this preseason and what this season could be, which is nobody nationally, and maybe even within the Raider Nation fan base, is looking at this as like the same expectations as last year because right. they were through the roof. Yep. In fact, nationally, people are talking about three, four, five wins for this team. Mm-hmm. But you get the idea that if this or this come together, it could be a really good football team that's fighting for the playoffs. And, and, and the question is, will those ifs become yeses? 
Right, exactly. People ask me all the time, Jason, what are my expectations for the Raiders? And I have to, for the first time ever, say I don't know right now. I, I don't have any idea because there's a lot of questions that still need to be answered. And, uh, you know, this is what training camp and preseason you is know, for. And, and I would add to that, Q, that, you know, people have gone back in reverse and said, well, the expectations externally weren't fair because the, the front office got here and they had a lot of things to change and fix. And, and that's true. They overhauled the roster completely from 21 to 22. But the expectations of what the Raiders could be in 2022 weren't that far off. Because right. in the 17 games that were played, 15 of them weren't decided at the two-minute warning. Or 14 of the 17 weren't decided at the two-minute warning. And, you know, we all know about the double-digit leads that the team jumped out to and couldn't hold on to. So 6-11, and 11, yes, didn't meet the expectations. But within every single one of those games, weren't that far off. Right. No, they weren't. They weren't. That's the, that's the reason for optimism. Now I just want to see how it all comes together. Now Coach McDaniels has his guys. I'm assuming Patrick Graham has more of his guys or feels like he has guys that can fit better with what he wants to do, and now they've got to go and put it all together. Well, Jason, we'll, we'll wrap up with this. Obviously, Josh Jacobs is not in camp right now. Everyone's talking about Zamir White, but I know you have your eyes on Britton Brown, who was a seventh-round pick a I year do. ago. What do you think he brings to the table? You know, I didn't see it today, um, but I thought last year he and Austin Walter, when they got all their chances in preseason, made a lot of it. They, they, they certainly made the most of it. Um, and, you know, I don't know how much of an opportunity they're going to get compared to Zemir White, how much of an opportunity. I know you like Sincere McCormick from UTSA. Um, so, like, I, I know there's a lot of those question marks with this backfield, but there are four guys in that backfield that, that – uh, you know, or five, really, that this staff brought into this roster. You know, it's not like any of those guys are holdovers from previous regimes. So, you know, I, everyone is expecting that Josh Jacobs will be here for week one in Denver. But I think they have to approach this like he's not going to be. And so they have to find out, like, is Jameer White or someone else a guy they can hand the ball off to 20 times? Do they have a combination of someone who can get 10 to 12 carries and then you get 10 to 12 carries? Who's going to be the best at catching the ball out of the backfield? Uh, and that's what I, I think that's what the next 21 days really have to show for the offense. I agree. I agree. It's going to be fun. It's interesting. Uh, I enjoy being out there. Obviously, it's fun hanging out and uh, you know talking talking shop with you as well out on the sideline and everybody else. So uh, thanks so much, my man, for your time. It's like I said, good to be back. Thanks for you uh, your time. I appreciate you. All right, my friend. I'll see you tomorrow. All right, brother. There he goes. Jason Horowitz, Raiders play-by-play voice with us here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness kicking off the opening drive and just giving you his early thoughts on training camp and some position battles to, to look out for. And uh, the Raiders are deep in a lot of different rooms. Who's going to step up and be those guys? He's mentioned the wide receivers, 11. Cornerbacks, 11. Running backs. He just mentioned four guys. I mean, there's plenty of dudes uh, that could fill roles what are they going to do? How are they going to step up? Where are the position battles as far as you're looking for? What or who are the camp battles that you're most intrigued by? 69187, keyword r Let us know about it. Coming up next, Mike Sando from The Athletic will join us to talk all things about quarterback tiers. This is Red Nation Radio 920. That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Brought to you by Paul Padalaw. It's not about the injury, it's about the recovery.
Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Jimmy Garoppolo touchdown run right there. Niners versus the Bears from 2022. Jimmy Garoppolo is guaranteed to be on the NFL quarterback tiers 2023 uh, piece that my man Mike Sando from The Athletic put together. As a matter of fact, speaking of Mike, he joins us now on the phone lines. And, Mike, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. I appreciate you. And you always join us to talk about these quarterback tiers each and every season. And before we get into where these different quarterbacks landed, uh, what was the formula that went into it? Who did you talk to as you put this piece together? So every year I talk to 50 coaches and execs around the league. This year we had eight general managers, 10 head coaches, 15 coordinators, you know, a bunch of other just uh, coaches of other positions, that sort of stuff. And we take all the veteran quarterbacks, meaning you, you probably had to have played in the NFL before, we're not doing rookies, and you put them into tiers. Tier one would be the best. And the high, closer you are to tier one, the less help in theory you need from the rest of your team, from your defense, your run game, your play caller, in order to succeed and win in the NFL. So Patrick Mahomes, unanimous one. You can trade away Tyree Kill. They don't have to have a great defense. He even had an a ankle injury. Still puts it on his shoulders. Their offense is better. They win it all. That's the ultimate Tier 1 player. You get into Tier 3, that's where you're typically going to find a, a Jimmy Garoppolo. Derek Carr's in there as well. Uh, good quarterbacks, you can win with them. You can win a lot with them if you're really good elsewhere on your team. So you take Garoppolo and the 49ers, uh, top defense, really good play calling, uh, some good talent. You're going to win a lot of games. How, but if you were to put him in a bad team, yeah, he's not going to make up for it. Right, right. He's not that guy that's going to put the, the team on his shoulders and just carry them to victory. And so let's start with Jimmy G as he's in there at number 18. And, you know, with his familiarity with Josh McDaniels and assuming that he's just going to get the ball out of his hands quick, fast, in a hurry, strong run game with Josh Jacobs when he returns, leading the, leading the league in rushing from a year ago. How, how, much do you think, how much do you think Jimmy could even advance from where he's at around 18 to maybe closer to the top tier of, top, of tier three, I mean? Um, certainly I think he could. Some of that for him is staying on the field for the whole season. That's part of the reason he's a little lower. He has been right on that 2-3 border uh, at times in the past. I'm just looking here. He was as high as – he's been as high as 15th in the quarterback tiers before uh, with a lot of Tier 2 votes. So that's kind of settled a little bit lately with the injury uh, questions about him. So that's probably number one for him. There's a couple guys like that, like a Tua Tungavaloa, They've got to stay on the field uh, as part of the equation, so that's probably uh, a number one concern. The familiarity thing with with Josh McDaniels is interesting. That sort of cut both ways with the people that I talked to because he had a really friendly setup with the 49ers, Mm -hmm. and it takes a lot of the pressure off of the quarterback. There's a a huge play-action run game component, and people see the – quarterback having a little more on his shoulders in a Josh McDaniels type of offense. And so that can unleash a quarterback, but it can expose a quarterback a little bit more too. And I think, you know, that just remains to be seen for Garoppolo, probably a good opportunity for him. uh, But it may not be quite as easy as it was for him with the 49ers. 
Is the reason with the 49ers having, you know, the, the success that they do and the way that they set it up for the quarterbacks, is that what allowed a guy like Brock Purdy, who everyone was calling Mr. Irrelevant, he was the last pick in that draft in 2022, to be able to slide in and really be comfortable because of the system, the way it's set up? Yes, I think that is why Purdy didn't get more love in this, although he, you know, he didn't start that many games, but right. still he didn't just get rocketing up because of all that context. And the other thing is when you have a top defense, who cares if you punt? You just get the ball back and get another chance, and the score didn't change. Right. You know, so like, like the last five years, the 49ers are sixth in the league in statistically on defense and special teams. The Raiders are thirty second. Right. Well, that's a that's how you win or lose. The top eight teams the last five years all have winning records. The bottom eight have losing records except for three teams, and they're the teams that had tier one quarterbacks: Rodgers, Mahomes, and Rivers or Herbert. That's it, right? So the Raiders can't be in that area on defense. I don't care what the familiarity is with with Jimmy Garoppolo and Josh McDaniels. They have to move to middle of the pack or better on defense or they're not going to have anything to show for it. Something that Raider Nation has been screaming about for quite a while is that defense has got to be better. It's got to be more than Max Crosby. It's got to be you know a lot, a lot of guys coming together and making that defense a lot better than it is. Again, Mike Sando from The Athletic is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. Going back to Tier 3 and looking at Jimmy Garoppolo, looking at Derek Carr, looking at Russell Wilson, there's not a lot that separates them, 14, 16, 18. On the field, how much do you think really separates those guys? And it looks like D.C.'s in a pretty good uh, position with a, a defense that's really good there in New Orleans. Yeah, you're right. Most of the guys in tier three, if you know, it's really largely dependent on what's around them. Um, I think those guys are at you know interesting crossroads of their careers, uh, where uh, you know I think Carr is probably the most stable in terms of that he he he'll probably be a, a starter for the next several years. I would think uh, he gets to now possibly benefit from having a better defense. The Saints have been in the top five overall the last couple of seasons on defense so he may kind of remember we talked before uh he went 12 and 4 with jack del rio when the defense was just okay mm-hmm. and not terrible so he probably stands the chance to benefit the most from uh what's around him that's out of his control i think russell wilson's on shaky ground after last season and i think with sean payton coming in we know that whatever happens the next two years it's not going to be sean payton's fault yeah, so Russell Wilson he put is that out there, right? The <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wilson's vulnerable. Like, if it doesn't, like, uh, to me, if it doesn't go well for the first half of the season, like Sean Payton could change quarterbacks. That wouldn't surprise me. Wow, that's that's going to be interesting. But yeah, Mike, he and I didn't mean to cut you off, but yeah, he he really put that out there by making that statement on Nathaniel Hackett. I thought that that was like his lifeline, saying, "Hey, just in case this doesn't go well, one, I'm trying to save yeah. Russell Wilson's confidence, and two, I'm trying to let you know that this isn't on me. This place is uh, it had a lot of bad things going on last year." <laughs> yeah, totally. And I think Rogers was the perfect guy to call him out on it, and he did. <laughs> yeah, he did. Yeah, that was that was really. Uh, I thought that, that he did a really good job with that. Again, we're talking with Mike Sando from the Athletic here on Raider Nation Radio nine twenty. Unnecessary roughness. Going to tier one. Uh, it's only five quarterbacks in that tier, and the fifth one is intriguing to me. It is uh, uh, Justin Herbert, and of course with the Chargers. And uh, there's been a high expectations on him ever since he came into the league. Uh, hasn't quite lived up to it yet as far as his team hasn't got them where they need to go. But we all know he's a really good quarterback. But Mike, now he's got the contract as well. How much pressure yeah. is it on him to? To show that he is that tier one guy. 
I think they're really at an interesting point in their development of their team. I think there's so much riding on this season. Look, Herbert's going to be fine. He's going to get all that money. He's going to be the one good thing they've got going for him, whether they win or not. Because mm-hmm. we just talked about the Raiders on defense. The Chargers the last two years are 28th on defense special teams, and none of the other teams that are that low have a winning record. The Chargers do. It's not great, but they're 19-15 and because that guy uh, you know, can keep them in the games. But they have a bunch of leveraged contracts. I mean, from Keenan Allen, you know, Khalil Mack, there's a lot of guys that are maybe not going to be on the team uh, next after this year, and then it gets harder and harder as the real money kicks in on Justin Herbert's contract. So I think this is a huge year for Brandon Staley, for all those veteran players. And if it doesn't, you know, go well, I think there's going to be real changes and kind of a potential for reset. How much do you think Kellen Mond will help out Justin Herbert? Oh, you mean Kellen Moore? The, uh, Kellen Moore, yeah. Kellen Mond from, is the word. Uh, quarterback. Yeah, Kellen yeah, Moore. Is say, wow, Kellen Mond. Uh, <laughs> so I, I, I figured it out. I figured it out. I'm a little <laughs> slow, but I figured it out. Uh, Kellen, Kellen Moore um, is interesting. I, I think it probably helps him. Uh, I think that, uh, you know, we saw some good things for Dak Prescott when he first started going there with the Cowboys. So it felt like they needed some kind of a change. You know, in fairness to Joe Lombardi, I feel like, the offense was pretty good in Lombardi's first year as the coordinator, and then they did have a lot of uh, you know injuries on their offense that probably had as much to do as anything about with anything as uh, to, to them not being as good. But it, they were stale. I think they felt a little stale, and people always wondered why they weren't pushing the ball down the field more. Of course, their quarterback had damaged ribs, and you, you maybe don't want to have him standing in there throwing it way down the field. But I think it'll be better. I do. Again, we're talking with Mike Sando from The Athletic here on Unnecessary Roughness Radio Nation Radio 920, talking about the quarterback tiers as the piece is out right now in The Athletic. So looking at Tier 2, Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jackson, Trevor Lawrence, Dak Prescott, that one kind of stood out to me, Matt Stafford, Deshaun Watson, and Kirk Cousins. Any of those guys you think by the end of the season could be talking about being a Tier 1 quarterback? Uh, well, you know, Lamar, well, certainly Jalen Hurts. I mean, I think Jalen Hurts uh, made a decent case for it and just needs to do it again. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, he has a good situation around him. Um, he seems to have, you know, uh, mentally he seems to have the right makeup, like to to work at this thing and and get better. Seems like a real pro, like mature beyond his years. So you might bet on him being able to make that jump. I think Lamar Jackson is a little more interesting. Could be a little bit of boom or bust because. You know, they've run this offense that has been great for his running but has left something to be desired in the passing game. Now they're going to shift to more passing, but then do do they compromise the thing that makes him so much different, right, the ability to run? So I think if he, he, he has a chance with their weaponry and their offense to make a jump and maybe, maybe he could push uh, this year with some risk that it might, you know, go the other way, I think there is some – debate over that with him as they move away from an offense that's been good for him but but limited as well trevor lawrence you got to think that after the second half of last year with the team they have in jacksonville that his confidence has got to be high and he could push i think he could push in there and the last guy shoot deshaun watson he could go either way we know he can play like a tier one quarterback because we've seen it but whatever that was last year wasn't it what does (laughs) that mean you know like (laughs) yeah like, like it wouldn't surprise me if he was a one or a three, you know, this year. 
What about Dak? I mentioned Dak. He's a Tier 2 guy. I know he's been a Tier 2 guy consistently, but last year in a limited amount of games as he was injured for you know about five games, he still led the league in interceptions. How much of that do you think was on him? How much of that's on just the receivers not being in the right place or tip balls? Do you think he can get back to being the Dak Prescott that everyone saw prior to last season? I would think so. He has a long track record of not being a huge interception guy. I did watch all of the interceptions to see if there was some amazing theme to them or or whatever. I think that happens sometimes. Uh, and, you know, he's going to have uh, a new offensive coordinator this year. Basically, uh, Brian Schottenheimer's the coordinator, but Mike McCarthy's going to be calling the offense. And I think that's okay. I think there's going to be a direct line between the head coach and his vision for how they want to play and Dak Prescott may clear up some things for him. Uh, I would bet take the under on his interceptions this year. I think the <laughs> interception rate will come down. There you go. Well, he's going to need it. I know uh, everyone that's a Cowboy fan is definitely going to want to see it come down from what it was last year. And, Mike, we'll wrap up with Mac Jones. He now has an offensive coordinator, a real offensive coordinator, in Bill O'Brien. He's there in New England. How much better do you expect him to play this year? Probably like he did a couple years ago. You know, I don't think the situation's great still from a weaponry standpoint, but he's kind of one of those guys. I think people see Kenny Pickett like this to where they're, they're good and they're fine, but they're not going to necessarily elevate you know their ceiling is maybe high tier three, and so you would think that Mac Jones will be certainly better than last year. But I don't think by the end of this year you're going to be like, "Wow, Mac Jones serving <laughs> right. notice." You know, <laughs> he's that guy. Got to have Mac Jones under center nah. to go and, and win the division. Yeah, well, good stuff there, Mike. As always, it's always fantastic to check out the quarterback tiers. I love that you talk to so many different people and get the information from them as you're putting this together. What else you got cooking that uh, we should be on the lookout for? Well, I'll have a couple follow-up related kind of quarterback tiers items. I think one of them will run Thursday, and, I, and there may be something else uh, early next week. So kind of working on those, and uh, stay tuned. Yeah, I'll be paying attention. I'll be checking out your, your Twitter account, at SandoNFL, and, of course, checking out The Athletic. Thanks so much for your time this afternoon, Mike. We appreciate you. Okay, thank you. Thank you. There he goes. Mike Sando from The Athletic. Again, his quarterback tier piece is out right now. You can go ahead and check it out. Matter of fact, it dropped yesterday, and I reached out to him super early in the morning, probably about 6 a.m. Pacific time, to say, Mike, it's that time again. NFL quarterback tiers 2023, Mahomes, Burrow take over tier one, Hurts vaults to top of tier two. Again, it dropped yesterday in the athletic. And uh, that that situation there with uh, Justin Herbert in, in L.A. is very intriguing to me. We've heard everyone sing the praises of him, how great he's going to be. You've seen him play at a high level. You saw it in the Legion Stadium as him and, uh, and Derek Carr were battling back and forth that week 18 in 2021. Uh, but they still haven't won a playoff game. Last time we saw him playing, they were losing a 27 nothing lead, and now he's got the, ba- the bag, right? He got the contract. He's uh, got a new offensive play caller in, uh, in Kellen Moore. I don't know how the hell I called him Kellen Mond. I, was, I must have been thinking of old Texas A&M quarterbacks, but there's that. Uh, so, yeah, so he's got that. Brandon Staley's probably on his la- last lifeline. Justin Herbert's got to step up and do something, you know, or at least he should be expected to step up and do something because, man, there's been – there's been so many high expectations, and he has not come through yet for that team. And as Mike said, a Tier 1 quarterback is a guy that could put the team on his back and lead him to victory regardless of what's going on around him. I think Justin Herbert, he's going to have to step up and show that he actually is that guy. 2.46 at the time. The question I threw out there to you on the don'tbebroke.com text line, what or who are, you, are the camp battles that you're most intrigued by? Who do you feel has the biggest fight on their hands? 
for their job during training camp. Let me know about it. Again, 69187, keyword R&R, 702-365-9200. This is Radio Nation Radio 920. A lot different. Beautiful building. Different location. Uh, you guys that was in the Alameda building know the difference. Uh, <laughs> but I love it here, man. I, I love it. We're building a great culture. It's a beautiful facility, beautiful stadium. And we're on the up and up. And I'm excited to be a part of it. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Raiders wide receiver, kick returner, punt returner, DeAndre Carter right there just talking about you know, how he enjoys being in Las Vegas. He was a guy that was part of the Silver and Black uh, when they were in Oakland still, uh, and he was talking about the Alameda building and comparing it to being in Las Vegas, how much different it is. DeAndre Carter is a guy that I believe is in a big camp battle with uh, wide receiver, kick returner, punt returner, Trey Tucker, who was a guy that the Raiders drafted and a guy that's going to make the team, but is he going to make the team as a starter? immediately is he going to be out there and kick return and punt return immediately and then thrown into the offense or is DeAndre Carter going to fight him off I believe that that is camp one of the big camp battles that I'm paying attention to camp battle number one as far as I'm concerned Trayvon Merrick and Chris Smith I think is battle number two but I do the question out there to you at 69187 keyword R&R what is or who are the camp battles that you're most intrigued by? Before we go out to the phone lines, I did want to pass on this little nugget from Josina Anderson from CBS Sports. She tweeted out, My understanding is the Raiders are open to restarting talks running back Josh Jacobs with the hopes of getting him to rejoin the team, which still remains the goal for the organization. So a little Josh Jacobs update from one Josina Anderson from CBS Sports. Now let's go out to the phone lines at 702-365-9200. Let's talk to our guy, Shields. Up, oh, Welcome to Unnecessary Roughness. What's on your mind? How's it going, Q? Good, good. How are you doing, brother? Good, man. I'm in Myrtle Beach, man, on vacation, man. Nice. Life is good. Nice, <laughs> nice. I'm on, the, I'm on the 17th floor of a hotel looking out at the ocean. Oh, now you're just bragging, man. Now you're just bragging now. Hold up. Well, I, I'm sorry. <laughs> I've got to share it. Can I share it with you, brother? Yeah, you can. You can. I'm giving you a bad time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm going to focus on the defense. Okay. Two positions. I'm going to uh, mostly the safety position. But it's interesting now we don't know what happened with Faison. Right at cornerback, so that could you know move up some people there. But DT because we drafted two guys last year, and we we got some veterans in there and um, in Tillery and uh, below Nichols and some other people. So DT in the middle and at the safety position because you're right. I was I was good on Merrick, but that press conference it looked like he was just going through the motions, man. And you brought a good point with that, mm-hmm. and he seems. I don't know if he's invested. He doesn't seem invested. And it's year two, and um, I don't know, man. He didn't, he didn't sound enthusiastic. So defensive line, defensive tackle, and safety position. That's my two positions on defense. Defense is important this year. Yep. Thank you for taking my call, my man. Shields up. There he goes. Hey, enjoy the vacation, man. Uh, definitely appreciate you chiming in. And, yeah, defensive tackle and safety, that's great. Those are great uh, defensive battles for camp. And the defensive tackle room, as Jason Horowitz, who joined the show earlier, and we actually got to talk to Bilal Nichols today, uh, had mentioned that Bilal Nichols, he didn't think got enough credit for what he was able to do last year. Uh, he was a, an interesting guy to talk to, uh, pretty intriguing. So, uh, yeah, you'll hear from Bilal Nichols later on in the show. But, yeah, I do think that that defensive tackle room is pretty – pretty deep. Uh, I think the whole defensive line room is pretty deep. they got to go out there and show it, obviously. Byron Young's got to go out there and compete. Tyree Wilson's got to go out there and compete. Uh, you know, Neil Farrell Jr., who's not uh, out there right now, he's on the NFI list. I mean, he's not out there competing, but if they're all out there, 
it looks like that they could be a pretty a pretty dangerous little uh, defensive line unit. It could be, like I mentioned to Jason Horowitz, uh, the strength of the team, but that's until we actually really see it out there in motion. Right now on paper, it looks all great. But Shields up, thanks so much for that. I do appreciate you. And, yeah, when it comes to Trayvon Merrick, as much as he's my guy, uh, that's not going to get you anywhere. <laughs> you've got to go ahead and you've got to make it happen. He's got to go out there. I'm telling you, and I hate to say it, and I've said it to anyone who will listen, 25 is out there. But so far, only 25 has been out there. I haven't seen anything where it's like, wow, that was a great play, or wow, there is something, there's something to like right there. Like Marcus Epps had a nice breakup on a, on a pass play, a little short underneath the Hunter Renfro. He had a nice breakup on it. That's something that stood out. 25 hasn't done anything that has stood out just yet. One quick text, and we'll take a break. Dave B in the 757Q. Roster spots look to be in danger for Merrick and Teamer with Chris Smith and training camp performance of Palomoa to date. Illuminor also is sounding questionable. Illuminor has had a lot of laps that he's ran, right? False start, false start, false start. He has had a lot of laps that he's been running. So you're right. He's got to step his game up as well. I'm really interested to see what he looks like in the joint practices. Coming up next, hour number two of the show, John McClain will join it. It's Radio 920.